asshole. You can say it. My wife does. <laughs> You're not an asshole. It's it's rolling, dude. So oh. I'm leaving all this in. Okay. Hey, <laughs> uh, welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah. I'm Brad. I'm Mike. And I'm Tony. Tony! Yes. Mike! Wait a minute. Mike and Jenny? I'm here again. Holy shit! Oh my god. This is amazing. It's crazy. <sighs> he was Mike just is... here for the, the 6 a.m. <sighs> yeah. Wow. And now he's here for this one. For yeah. this intro. For this yeah. intro. Yeah, so we haven't seen Mike in a really long time. I miss you guys. I miss Mike being here. Mike looks the same. He was, still is wearing all black. <laughs> <laughs> still has Frankenstein tattoos. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Docs. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah. yeah. Minus a little bit fatter, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I did love that I got to talk about how, you know, disgusting I've been with, you know, food. Junk on our, food? On our, yeah. We'll on talk our about it tomorrow. Yeah. It's pretty gross, but I just said, fuck it. Now, March, I'm getting back into, I'm going to, well, I want to get back into shape now. That's what's, my thing. What's your, we didn't find out what your ultimate, like, guilty pleasure fast food snack would be. I have a few. Yeah. I definitely have I love Taco Bell. Passion for Taco yeah. Bell. Have you yeah. tried the cantina menu? Uh-uh. Not yet. It's good, but it's like, I feel weird paying seven bucks for a Taco Bell burrito. Dude, I spent like, $30 at Taco Bell when well, I went recently. It was the most I've ever spent. But don't you think, I feel like Taco Bell's <laughs> gotten more expensive. A little bit. Like, I felt it like when I was growing dollar, up, yeah. you'd buy so much food and they'd be like, yeah, it's $3. Yeah. And now I feel like you get food and you're like, it's $10. In high 15. school, I used to live, I literally lived on Taco Bell and it was, you give them a dollar and they give you 40 tacos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. No, it's, they, they're. They're getting pricey. High end, man. It's fucking high end. It's delicious, though. I don't know yeah. what they do to it. It's. I mean, it's... I usually stay away from the meat there. Please. They're it, not well. giving us any money, you guys. Knock it off. <laughs> that is true. That's true. I want to know about what just came in on your phone. Oh, yeah. So I just got a text from my mom. <laughs> um, and I wanted to talk about it because it's so cute. <laughs> my mom said, Dad and I are driving and talking about you. We're listening to a great alternative station. Isn't the Postal Service song, Such Great Heights, a ripoff of Jimmy World's big song? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember Such Great Heights I know that song Jimmy, Jimmy World, World Maybe like The, the Middle Or the something middle, yeah. yeah I guess I could Don't see it Don't write yourself off yet It's only yeah. you You feel left out I, Yeah And then The Middle <laughs> got Ripped off by Kelly Clarkson Like really? her She came out with a single Last year that was like The same melody I'm sure she Wait, didn't Wait the Postal Service Song got ripped off No the Jimmy Well I guess the Postal Service song It sounds just like The Jimmy World song <laughs> So I don't know I guess they both did, maybe. I mean, I'm sure she didn't rip it off. I'm sure she paid someone to do all of her writing. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. My mom brings up a good point. The other funny text... <laughs> right on, Mrs. Bear. The other funny text I got from my mom, this was a couple years ago, was, hey, the drummer for Texas is a Reason is cutting my hair. He says he knows you. <laughs> and I was like, how does my mom know who Texas is a Reason is? Yeah. But it turned out that, uh, yeah, their drummer, uh, Chris Daly, was working at a hair salon and Cutting hair and somehow my name somehow, came up and somehow he was cutting your mom's hair. Yeah, it's amazing. He's also in Jester Brazil, great drummer. I've been trying to get him on here forever. But yeah, my mom will will drop some pretty, pretty de- deep musical references. So that's really pretty awesome. Yeah, didn't, didn't she take you to your first show? She too? did. She took me to well, yeah, to my first like rock show. See Guns and Roses when I was like twelve. Yep. So your mom's pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty cool mom. I agree. Um, <laughs> Right on. Pro mom. This is pro mom. This is pro mom. Okay. Um, so yeah, is there anything else going on you guys want to talk about? I, I think I I feel good about you know we got Mike here. We got him to talk about junk food, and you get to talk about your mom. I mean, yeah. Tony. Tony. Is there anything you want to discuss? Um, 
Oh, Ferret. Well, I go Ferret. back to your band, Ferret. <laughs> Check out Tony's band, Ferret, two Ts. Yeah, two Ts and Ferret. We got a new album coming out in June called In Through the Outdoor. Tony, may I say your hair looks luxurious today? Yeah, thank it you. Does. It's very conditioner Pantene. I try to keep it nice. Yeah, I can't give away good. all my secrets though. I'm glad that Tony, you dressed up for this special day. <laughs> it was a very special day. Um, speaking of special, today on the podcast we have Brendan Kelly, who's been on the podcast I think like three or four times from the Lawrence Arms, and Derek Grant, who plays drums in Alkaline Trio. They were here together playing acoustic. Brendan gets. I went to the show. Brendan got super drunk, as we talk about on this podcast. On this podcast, Brendan talks about. I don't want to spoiler alert. Yeah, but Brendan <laughs> talks about being really fucked up and playing last time he was here, which was hilarious. But um, cool. But yeah, I'm so, gonna tour here. Yeah, how you guys doing? How's it going? We're live. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, and Brendan and Derek are also. Well, Bre- Brendan also has a band called The Falcon, and uh, that's kind of what we talked about a lot, too, that Derek was in for a short while, but it's him, it's Neil from Brend- from Lawrence Arms, it's Dan from Alkaline Trio, and Dave Hawes from The Loved Ones, and they have a new album called Gather Up the Chaps that comes out soon, and I have it, and I can't stop listening to it. It's fucking really? awesome. Yeah. I'm going to go listen to it. And Derek also has... Oh, it's a- not out yet. It comes out really soon. Right. And Derek also has a album on the same label red scare of him just playing like acoustic which was actually really cool and derek's gonna come back because paul delaney at the show informed me derek is very into metal and satanism (laughs) um which we didn't touch on no but i was waiting for you mike (laughs) so we're gonna have derek back to talk about the dark arts yeah that'd be awesome um but yeah seriously the, the falcon are amazing and uh you should definitely check them out check out their first record check out the ep and and check, check out, out this podcast. And check out this podcast with Derek and Brendan. Four, three, two, two one. It's going on track! <laughs> <laughs> it's made with rice as opposed to wheat or barley. Let's talk about beer. I, I'd love to. Dan, we're going we're gonna to spend this entire time talking yeah, about fun, beer. Fun. <laughs> What's your favorite beer, Dan? Oh, uh, IBC. I'm trying to yes. think of a, a word that has beer in it and be clever, but I can't. I can't. I'm like slow today. This should be fun. IBC. I'm just gonna watch YouTube videos while you guys talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably what we're gonna talk about anyway. <laughs> oh man, poor Toby does not like Bushes of Love. Really? But which only makes me like it so much. Like <laughs> yeah. No, maybe he does not like it. Yeah. How many times have you watched Bushes of Love in front of Toby? Today? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've watched it three times in front of him. We've listened to it probably nine. (laughs) And he was driving. So, and and he's he's sort of, you know, he's got one of those, like, the driver, the driver has control of the the thing, which did not happen today at all. (laughs) No. It was all bushes of love. Yeah. Dude. Such a jam. How can you? It was a jam. I slept the whole time, so. How was the show last night? Last night's show was terrific, I thought. Um, We, uh... You know, we rolled into Boston, uh, and we played in this Middle Eastern restaurant called the Middle East. Did you play downstairs or upstairs? It was upstairs. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was a a fairly uneventful... I got to uh, hang out with a journalist who I very much admire a little bit, uh, Will Gordon from uh, Deadspin. Oh, sure. He's the guy that does all, like, the booze reviews and, like, all the fast food reviews. So... 
you and I could both enjoy mm. his uh, writings. Dan. Right, right. I feel like this is a much more highbrow conversation. <laughs> like he's, uh, you know, he'll like review the new like Chalupa or yeah. whatever, but he'll also talk about whiskeys and beer and stuff like that. So, and he was there last night and I was pretty stoked to meet him and his wife and we played the show and as soon as the show was over, I got so tired. I thought I was going to die. And uh, yeah, that was, cool. that was pretty much the whole night. And Derek sounded great. That was well, the best thanks. performance I've ever seen you give as an thanks. acoustic uh, performer. Man, I was I was super tired on stage. I, I'm like, I I've been going having these like crazy bouts of insomnia, like mm. five six day like stints, and and unfortunately uh, yesterday was like right kind of the the midst of one. So I was on stage literally like forgetting what I was doing, forgetting words, and just like I could just have this moment towards the end of the set where I was just like I stopped the song and I was like. <sighs> <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> like, like yeah. which is not, you know, it's not very rock and roll. Yeah. To be on stage talking about like how tired you are. So. No, it's definitely not very yeah. rock and roll. But, <laughs> but thing, I wasn't playing rock and roll. But the thing is, man, it's like you, I remember this from uh, your days in uh, the ska world. Yeah. Have always had a really great voice. And last night you like sang with like the confidence of somebody singing. Oh, which thanks. before I thought, I felt like you were finding your footing as a solo performer. Yeah, yeah. The last time we did hard, shows man. and stuff. So thanks. Yeah, thanks. it was really, it was really. Uh, I was, I was super impressed. So Both there you go. That means a lot coming nice. from this guy. Both like, of you have some ska background. Uh, you both yeah. got some ska. That's how we met. You, yeah, your... that's how we met. Yeah, we right. we we, we, we met our checkered past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll... <laughs> I, that was a pun. For that was Jonah. a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. When you when you talk about it, is it like you know when two guys are like, ah, oh, well, we both met in. Doing our nickel up 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 in up, <laughs> yeah, upstate. No, it's more like uh, so we're remember our when time we used and... to bang those two ugly sisters <laughs> back in the day. Like we definitely both did it, and we liked it at the time. But uh, I don't like thinking about it now so much. But enough time has passed, then it gets it becomes kind of funny. It, it's you know, hmm. There's not really that much funny about Scott. I mean, First of all, like the <laughs> thing about Scott in that time was it it was in the way that like Jinko jeans just somehow miraculously overtook our culture. Totally, Scott did it too, and it wasn't embarrassing at the time. And I, I mentioned Jinkos because I was just thinking about uh, Jonah, who had like an amazing pair of Jinkos when he was younger. Um, but like Scott, like it permeated the culture to a point where it's like, no, this is. This is cool. Like, this is a cool little subsect. Totally. totally. And, you know, like, the thing is <clears throat> that I think is weird, um, and I think that puts Derek and I in a sort of a unique position to discuss ska, was we kind of were, like, among the very first of that, like, third wave ska bands, like Suicide Machines and Slapstick. Like, when we saw Suicide Machines, we were like, oh, wait, you guys are doing this too? Yeah. Like, like, and And so we kind of had, like, real bands that just happened to be ska bands, but then all of a sudden... You know, we go on tour and there's like five opening bands and they're called like Skagina and there's yeah. like a big fat Mexican girl on the baritone yeah. sax. Banana and, like, Buster. <laughs> I remember a band called Banana Buster from the outskirts of uh, and Chicago. And there was just like nothing cool about them. You know, yeah. and all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh, this is really lame. <laughs> like, there's yeah. nothing cool about a band with nine people in it that looks like they're like everybody's from the high school band. Yeah. yeah. Why, did, why were so many ska bands based on foods? What was the one that you just said? Banana Buster. Right. And <laughs> then, I remember getting course, a demo tape of Banana Buster, and it was really... It, it was it just, Banana it was Buster, which I'm, is news to me. Yeah. Skank and Pickle, of course. Pie Tasters. Mustard Professor Plum. Plum. 
mustard plug. plug. Yeah. That's more of a condiment, but right. No, yeah, that passes. Well, what was what was my, Scott's infatuation? My favorite with food? was there was a band I saw in high school, and I bought their CD, and it had a DeLorean on the cover from Back to the Future, and they were called Flux Capacitor. I remember oh, yeah. Flux Capacitor. Yeah. We played with them. Really? For sure. Oh yeah. Like you're talking to two dudes that have played with every single ska band yeah. that's had to I ever actually existed. saw. Yeah, I think that era I saw Suicide <laughs> Machines like Peabody's Down Under in Cleveland. Okay, like this is a really a bus. Yeah, like. 20 years ago or something. I thought, I I heard, I could be wrong, but I heard that like suicide machines were not one to be, wanted to call, be called like a punk ska band. They were like, no, we're a punk band. Like they didn't really adopt this ska label. I don't know. I think that something might have happened. Like when I was in the band, that was never really a, a thing. I mean, we were like, wait, I totally forgot that (laughs) we were playing punk and ska and hardcore and and stuff, but we, we, yeah, we never really had an an issue with that. But I think what, because I, we we signed to Hollywood Records and 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 then you know that's when it kind of came into this like you know well where, how do we market your band and, mm. and all the, like we weren't thinking about that kind of thing mm. you know and they wanted to do it as a punk ska thing and and um and then after I left I think the band had a little bit of like an identity crisis mm-hmm. which happens kind of at that point when you're dealing with major labels it's like they they put out like sort of a pop record that wasn't really it was really polished and didn't really have any of the edge of the earlier stuff and then and then they just went way in the other direction and started putting out all these like super aggro like hardcore records mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um but yeah i don't i don't know that the band was ever just you know opposed to the yeah, ska, the ska thing is it hard? you know it's funny um we uh slapstick this what kind of interview is this, by the way? Uh, this is what people want to know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. It's like everybody's fascinated. Uh, is there a Scott podcast? Is there a Scott specific podcast? Scott cast? I'm sure that there is, and that's uh, right. Scott let's, let's start cast? a band called Scott cast. If there is one, it's undoubtedly <laughs> called that, right? Yeah. Like, no question. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we were just talking about a 20-year-old Suicide Machine show that happened in Cleveland. So, I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is definitely the fascinating shit that people want to talk about. But uh, when they were recording Destruction by Definition, we were out there on tour. Yeah. We went to, like, your fancy-ass hotel. And remember, we almost killed ourselves. Fancy-ass the- hotel. It was the... Jacuzzi. Uh, it was that... Oh, that shitty... Uh, the Oakwoods. I was 17. It seemed oh, fancy. Dude, I, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> lived there, there for a hot tub. Yeah. Barham and Coenga? Yeah. That yeah. was the exact one. I lived one. there in college. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's a shithole that yeah. like, every like, wannabe actor you know, and musician stays at. And it's, um, but yeah, but you guys played a show that we went to. Yeah. You were playing guitar at that time. You were, yes. You were, yeah, it was during that, that, that era. At that point, yeah. And um, yeah, and they, they came to the, I think you guys came to the studio maybe? We came to the studio. We saw, we saw the mix of... Um, it was so long. We saw the mix of so long where they took your vocals out of the beginning and you guys were like, where's the vocals in the beginning? And they were like, yeah, we thought it was better without him. And you guys were like, huh? And then we left and we were like, well, we can never sign to a major label. That's fucked up. They're they're just taking (laughs) the fucking vocals straight up out. And they're like, sorry, this is the way it goes now. Yeah. So that that actually was like a very influential moment in my uh, life, that little weekend. Wow. And also, Royce and I threw 40s from like some balcony into that hot tub. Into the hot and, tub, and yeah. Yeah, I remember that hot tub well. Yeah. There were, I mean, there were little... <laughs> With the 40s in it? Pools yeah. of semen everywhere? <laughs> yeah, there were like every, like, there was like a hot tub and pool, like, spaced out throughout mm-hmm. the thing. Um, is it hard for you to be in this Converse studio because you think Vans are the best? <laughs> Ooh. Damn! <laughs> Fucking shooting ice at hey, you, man. You know? I'm surprised they don't have like a do not allow in here, like like a bad yeah, check yeah. wall, you know? Yeah, they got me yeah, my, my Polaroid up on the wall. Like. <laughs> but like, was that, that song, was that, that was before like sponsored content? Like that was... Yeah, that was, that was a absolute like 
Dan, who wrote that song, was just a big. He just really loved Vans. Dan's Vans. Yeah, because if, if a song like that came out now, people would be like, "Oh, you guys sold out!" Like, you're this is because there's so much corporate sponsored, yeah. like content already. That's sure almost that like not yeah. as subtle. Yeah. You know? Well, like, the, but the the first line of that song would pretty much squash any sort of sponsorship. Yes. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, yeah. The, the, but you know, and it's also like uh, back in those days, man. Uh, not to sound like the old man that I am, but like hyping up the shit that you thought was yeah. cool was really like Remember? so endemic to the punk scene and like the hip hop scene. I was just talking about this, like Generation X coming up in like a pretty like jaded, like terrifying world. You know, like what, like the like super fiercely DIY things that came out of it are like hip hop and punk rock where it's like you're talking about your fucking adidas i mean even the bouncing souls talk yeah, about their fucking say, adidas yeah. you know and yeah. like and it was like that was just like i think part of like the subcultural like this is the shit i like it's really no different than hot water music singing about jameson you know it's yeah. it's just like you're 17 so you like your shoes as opposed to you're 31 and you need whiskey to get out of bed Right. <laughs> it's no different. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. Brennan's, that was the sound of Brennan cracking a second one open. Cracking a, a large I would just like to point out that the, was it three, wasn't, it was more than three years ago, right? But you had that problem at that New York show where you went on stage and you were oh. drunker than you should have been. And oh. then when you came back to play a show, hey, get this, by the way. The show that I booked you for was the show uh, Jonah and I met that night. Oh, magical. Yeah. And we've been friends ever since. But that night, you had a running bet with yourself that you could get through the whole set. And you did it. But that was a great show. That was a very good show. Super fun. But yeah, so yeah, about three years ago, Derek. Yeah, um, tell me. I was on tour with um, Matt Skiba. You might know him. <laughs> okay. And uh, interestingly, when uh, he and I are on tour together solo... And alone, things tend to get a little uh, sideways. Yep. And I couldn't play. I couldn't tune my guitar. I couldn't do it. I don't. I didn't get through one song. <laughs> I and it was it was a sold out show, and it was a star studded affair. Like there were some big names in rock and roll, and the behind the scenes big names in in the attendance. Yeah. Who are like my friends, and I was excited to see. And I mean, I gave my guitar to somebody in the audience to tune. <laughs> because <laughs> i couldn't do it and uh i know that uh my publicist at the time vanessa and brian fallon of gaslight anthem fame actually had a bet that i would or would not be able to finish one song before the sh my set ended yeah. and uh brian bet that i would and then halfway through my set he handed vanessa twenty dollars <laughs> You win, and he left. <laughs> so, yeah, good times. Wow. I don't want that to uh, color any listeners out there from coming to see my performances <laughs> because that shit's just not how it, how I roll now. No. Yeah, you think you're better at pacing yourself? Actually, that show was the like the tipping point. For okay. Me. Like I I made a lot of uh, pretty fundamental changes uh, in. Like the way I go about boozing and taking care of myself. Yeah. Well, what was the weed up to that night? I can tell you exactly what it was. Sure. I went to Katz's Deli. Yeah. Because it's right next door. Right? Was that Mercury Lounge? Yeah. Okay, yep. sure. And uh, 
I got the corned beef, and I was like, the sandwich is so fucking good. I remember I took a picture of it, and I, like, put it all over the internet, and I was like, the sandwich is so good. It just, like, gave me a blowjob and did my taxes, you know? Like, I, mean, I was so unbelievably content and happy. And then my roadie on that tour was Tom May from the Menzingers, mm-hmm. who now... I'm not even fit to shine his shoes, but, you know, <laughs> back in those days, I, you know, he, he was nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and so he met me at this bar and I was like sitting there drinking and then he was like, want to do some shots? And I was like, yes, I do. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm on stage handing somebody my guitar because I can't <laughs> tune it. So, I mean, actually, I don't really even do shots anymore mm. since that day. Yeah. Because... I mean, maybe, you know, somebody dies or something, I'll do a shot. But It's hard to not do shots when you have friends who are bartenders, because I feel like they always are like, let's do a shot together, and then you're like, dude, I can't keep doing this. The only, the only, the only way to do shots, like with any dignity as a grown-up, is to stick to, like, completely undignified shots, and then you do them, like... Just jello. If I have to do a shot... I guess I'll do fireball. Oh, you're doing fireball? Yeah, I don't like doing shots, so it doesn't matter. And you take the fireball, and you're like, oh, it's secretly delicious. And then, right. And then, you know, because it doesn't really have very much booze in it. But, like, doing a shot of whiskey, it's for fucking... College know, kids? That's for whoever fucking... Yeah. That's for all the... That's for the fest, man. <laughs> <laughs> take, take, take your beard and your pizza and go to the fest and do your whiskey shots. Too old for that shit. Uh... Derek, what's it sort of like for you after sort of kind of primarily playing drums, like to kind of be kind of like the center of attention, kind of up there by yourself without, I mean, is that weird? Do you like it? Is it nerve wracking? It's terrifying. I I mean, it was at first for sure. Like the first, the first batch of shows that I did after the record came out, um, I had, I like got friends of mine, Neil, uh, from Lawrence Arms and, and, um, Eli from Smoking Popes and my, my buddy Matt from Detroit. I was like, I need, I need people on stage with me. Like, I just, I, I can't be up there by myself. Like, I'm in front of the stage instead of in the back of the stage. I don't have, you know, symbols and stuff to, you know, as a buffer. Um, it just, I was convinced that I needed it, and um, and they were great. We we had a great run. Um, all you know, great musicians, and, and it was fun. And then I did the Suicide Machines run where I was doing acoustic shows. I was opening the shows acoustic, and Suicide Machines were doing. We were doing like a, you know. Um, playing the the destruction by definition record, and uh, that was last year, and uh, so I got up there by myself, and man, it just it it felt better to be up there alone, which I never would have expected, and it's terrifying still. And there's like little things like you know mic control and you know the monitors, you know, like it's it's a whole different dynamic, you know, being able to see the people, you know, that are in the audience like more clearly, they're closer. You know, people talking in between songs because it's, you know, it's obviously more kind of more intimate, you know, quieter music. Um, there's all these elements that like I've never dealt with that most people, you know, singers have dealt with. And uh, and as crazy as, as it is, it's like I learn something every time I do it. You know, there's always some some like, OK, you know, s- smoke machines on. It's like fucking up my throat. It's like something something that I wouldn't normally think about because I only, you know, do backups or something here and there. And uh Smoke machines are the worst. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 been really cool. I mean, as as freaked out as I might be before the show, I always come away going like, "All right, like I just figured something out." And you know, not to say that there's that I thought I knew everything about 
playing music or whatever, but it's, it's cool to be 38 years old. Been, you know, I've been touring since I was like 15, 16 years old. And to realize that like, I don't, I don't even know half the, the, the game, you know? Did you so, have like a new respect for Matt and Dan after that? Absolutely. Yeah. Lyrics. That was like, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the trio just did this past live thing where like Matt, we were doing like 94 songs or something. And you know, Matt had to, to sing the, the lion's share of that stuff. And I was like, I can't remember, you know, eight songs. I can barely remember, you know, that many yeah, but well. like, let me, let me hold on. Wait, no. cat out of the bag? <laughs> no, 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 no. My, no, my, uh, what I was going to say was a little known story about um, young Derek Grant here is that when the Alcon Trio was looking for a new drummer <clears throat> after their like spinal tap situation where they were just like kind of rotating through dudes, Derek called them. And you can correct this story if it's wrong, but okay. I know for a fact that it's right because Dan called me to tell me it, and then I've you've told me it as well. So, but please correct me if okay. I'm misremembering. Uh, and you said, you know, hey, you guys are looking for a drummer? I'd like to uh, try out to be your drummer. And when you showed up, they're like, all right, cool. What songs do you know? And you're like, well, I know all of them. So I mean, like it's not, you know, like I mean, hey, give give Matt credit where credit's due, but it's not like you're not also like a fucking machine. It's just a different skill set, you know. Like remembering lyrics is just something I've never really had to do, you know. I mean, Matt it, hasn't really ever had to do that either. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, I say that with love. It's just uh, yeah. Every everything about what what I'm doing is has given me like this perspective and and respect for. You know, all the different, like, front men and, and just, just you know, whatever. Just being at that, up in front of the stage and having to, like, deal with, with things, like, so, you know, so, so you know, close. It's, like, it's, uh, it's cool. It's, like, I, I have, I have a, a mass amount of respect for, for all the, the musicians that I've worked with over the years. Mm-hmm. And touring Even with Brendan. this guy, yeah. like, <laughs> is great. No, because, like, uh, I, you know, I've, I respect Brendan so much and he's been doing this acoustic thing, you know, uh, uh, you know, for, for a long time now. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I learn a lot from him. You know, every time I watch him play, it's like, there's something, you know, sometimes the audience will tune your guitar. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I'm yeah, gonna no. try that tonight. Yeah, you should try yeah. it. Yeah. Audience yeah. members usually have guitar tuners on them. So that's, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so there's a new Falcon record also. There is. Um, coming out. And, and you know what? Can it's- I say, uh, before we even get into the Falcon record, the lead up to this record, I don't know if it was for the public, for, for me personally, excruciating. I would get texts <laughs> from Brendan, like after 2 a.m. texts that were like, this person sucks or this band sucks. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? He's like, because I'm working on this Falcon record. This is going to blow everything away. <laughs> like, this record is fucking awesome. Well, I mean, there are, um, the, the Falcon record does contain some uh, diss tracks, mm-hmm. so to speak. Some shade, as the kids would say. <laughs> some shade. Yeah. So it's like, you know, getting really heavily involved in the mentality that, uh, like it's you know the Falcon is a different entity than the Lawrence Arms, right? And uh, and it's different than like anything I do solo or Wandering Birds or whatever. And it's like to get into the frame of mind of the person that writes the Falcon songs involves a little bit of like just like attitudinal adjustment, you know. And uh, poor Dan Ozzy, I think bore the uh, brunt of my, you know. Well, I remember one thing that you test- one <laughs> thing that you said about the record, which I guess plays into the whole idea of there being diss tracks on it 
was you said that you wanted to treat this record, or no, actually it was Dave who said this, that you wanted to treat this record more like a like a hip-hop record than a punk record. Yes. And I pushed him to, to explain what he meant by that, and he was like, well, I think it incorporates more samples and more people doing, like, guest verses than if you just buy a punk band CD. It's like same three guys straightforward for 10 for 10 songs it is like collaborations and like people coming into the studio and adding different things yeah but that didn't end up happening no i mean like it's just it's just the four of us but i mean like uh you know the four of us are disparate dudes mm. and uh so i think that a little bit of that played out regardless you know um interestingly there is ska on the record two yeah. two songs two ska songs so um, two are two songs that feature three songs that feature ska. So nice. I'm back. I will tell you what they are. They are um, called Hasselhoff Cheeseburger, which starts off with a it's my favorite song, rousing ska. Yeah, beat, but also very much hip hop style lyrics. Yes, very fast. Um, yeah, that making the demo for that was impossible. Uh, <laughs> God, uh, and then uh, that fucking the end of. Sergio's here is a ska <laughs> bit, <laughs> and uh, and then <laughs> and then uh, uh, the song that everybody likes the best. It's like near the end of the record. It's a slow um, glue factory. Yeah, also ska. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah. And Derek, you were in the Falcon at one point. I was uh, like an honorary uh, bass player for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got played. jumped in. We you know we played Metro. Yeah. Yeah. We covered skulls. Yeah, <laughs> did we? Yeah, yeah. Was it just the one show? I feel like I did. Two, I did two shows. Oh, I did uh, Reggie's too. We did we did a Reggie show. With, oh, uh, yeah. was it a Bouncing Souls one? Yeah, it yeah. was totally Bouncing mm-hmm. Souls. That's yeah, right. so I get to play with the Falcon two times. It was great. Nice, good fun. So this, but this, so this was like your baby for a long time. You were working on this. What this record? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, after the last Lawrence Arms record came out. Like my focus shifted. the the real uh, The real impetus for this entire album was when the Red Scare ten year anniversary came about. Uh, we, uh, you know, the Falcons, the first record that ever came out on Red Scare, uh, the EP, and then the LP is the best selling record that ever mm. was on Red Scare. So Toby was like, "Dude, you've got to get the Falcon together to play uh, our ten year anniversary. You got to headline the show." And, like, I've already talked to Dan. He'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Neil and I are, you know, obviously in. But we didn't really have a guitar player because we'd always, like, kind of shuffled through. And um, so I put out a thing on the internet. I said, the Falcon's going to maybe play a show. <clears throat> we need a guitar player. Must already be famous. Something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just like. Must be verified Twitter user. Yeah, just, just you know, just to be a dumbass. Sure. And uh, Haas hit me up on, on the uh on the text messaging that you kids use, he was like, are you serious about this nonsense? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And so he fucking, he came down and we got on the stage in front of 1,200 people and it, we had never all been on stage together ever. And we played the show and it was super fun. And we went backstage and we were sitting there and we we're like, so we're a real band now, huh? Okay, let's, I guess I'll start writing a record. And that's when I started writing the record. And that was about a year and a half ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like... It's not like fucking an eight-year hiatus of, like, sitting on songs or anything right, like that. Right. But, I, you know, I've been pretty focused on it just because I had so much fun. And there's something really invigorating about, like, 
at this stage in the game, getting to work under like a different name and with such talented dudes, you know, it's, it's, a. Uh, you know, are you ever worried or I don't know if worried is the right word, but like it, it's, you know, the phrase like super group comes up a lot, but then also uh, like, I think people might sometimes take that and interpret it to mean like, oh, well, this is a side project. Like, do you want it to be taken seriously as like more of a less of a side project or? You know, I think the Falcon actually does occupy a space where like uh, from what I know of our fans enthusiasm where like people that are fans of the Falcon aren't necessarily even fans of the Lawrence on, you know, like I think it does have its own like uh like legit for lack of a better word uh place in the shitty little canon of my musical career but yeah i mean like i i think of it as a serious band i think of it as a you know a full-time band right now it's my main focus you know and like uh and i i feel like the way that things have like netted out with dave finishing his uh tour on his last solo record and Dan being, uh, I don't know, something happened in the Alkaline Trio where some guy's some doing something else, got another job, don't know. something, yeah. I don't know. And so turns out, like, you know, like, I don't have any new Lawrence Armstrong's written and we we're done with the tour for Metropole. So it's like, oh, wow, everybody's kind of ready to go and do this. And it's, you know, it's as real of a band as I've ever been in. So that's pretty groovy. I was texting with Dave about it the other day and he was saying... He like didn't really learn the song. Like he got your demos, but didn't learn the songs really, and just kind of came in and like. The experience of working with Dave was amazing because, first of all, I think of him was primarily like a singer songwriter, and I had no idea that he was such a shredder. Yeah, and he like, you guys both heard this record. He like shreds on it. Like he's like, it's like a ripping, like almost like Turbo Negro kind of thing that he's doing throughout the whole record. But he came in and one of the songs started and he did this kind of like kind of like almost like screeching weasel, like super melodic thing. And I was like, I, I guess I made a face because he was like, what, no good? And I was like, no, it sounds good. But I'm like, this is an ugly band with like moments of like melody. It's not like a upbeat like I want it to be darker and he's like you want me to do something like this like and I was like yes that's exactly (laughs) what I and then from that moment it was like his whole paradigm shifted and he was like oh I get what I get what we're doing here like I'm here to like darken these parts not to like make everything the chorus you know and right and to watch I mean he's such a consummate professional to watch somebody go from like oh I've got all these parts I've written to like oh you want something totally different watch this and to like turn it on like that it was really super awesome and like as i listen to that record uh now that it's finished i'm just like so blown away by how big his imprint on it is it's like his backing vocals and his guitar parts are like it's like some of the most integral stuff to the sound and i you know it's weird to think he wasn't in the band before yeah one thing that you get from like listening to it which i know you said that you kind of like wanted this feel and maybe didn't make it but i i feel like it it does have when you listen to one of those like hip hop records, it's like a crazy collaboration, yeah, and it sounds good because it's like all familiar, right? It was in the same way where it's just like, oh, this this sounds very loved ones, this sounds very Lawrence Arms, this sounds very Alkaline Trio, and it's all kind of like mixed in because like at this point, like the, all three of those projects have been around for ten plus years, yeah. So you have like all these years to f- 
for it to become like very familiarized with people. Totally. So, you know, like to hear it all at once, it definitely feels like all familiar. Well, that, that's, that's rad. I mean, like that's, that's like probably like the best thing that I, I could hear about it. You know, it's like, I, I, it's like the loved ones in the alkaline tree are bands I love, you know? And I guess it's just like, you know, there's another element of it. That's like, we're a bunch of like old dudes that have been doing the same thing for a long time. And it's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to do something that doesn't sound like me. You know, even if I like, you know, I fucking put out a song like Bushes of Love, it's still going to sound like me, you know. Um, by the way, it's a little ad. Uh, go Google Bushes of Love and watch it, please. Thank you. <laughs> and email your comments to Toby at Red Scare. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know what you think. What What do you guys do? Like when you're not working on music or on tour, when you're just like home in Chicago hanging out, like what's sort of your day to day like? Um, well, I will feel this first since I live in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, like um, yeah. Okay. I live in Vermont now. Gotcha. Yeah. He's milking cows. Nice. Practically. Making yeah. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and we were driving the other day and Derek's like, I'm so unused to other people being on the roads. I don't know how to park anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Traffic. Well, is how like, long have you been the- there? Uh, three years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just you know we we live in the middle of nowhere. Sure. Like, you know you just don't don't run into that many people. There's no traffic. You know you never parking is not a thing. What you, precipitated you know, you just pull that up move? In, in somebody's by the field way. and and you're you know good to go. What what pushed that move? Um, the want to 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 own a house and mm-hmm. some land, you know, and just realizing that that wasn't really uh an option in Chicago and and um and the, the, I really just felt like. Uh, the city was just, um, it just wasn't working for me anymore. You know, like I travel so much just touring and it's like, I get, I get enough of being in cities and, you know, dealing with that, that kind of pace of life. And I just wanted something like a little slower. And, um, and my wife is, uh, um, from Vermont. So we just like, we just kind of moved back to, to, you know, the area that she grew up in and, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Mm. So to, to to re-ask Jonah's, to steal Jonah's question yeah. away, so what, what do you do uh, in your time in Vermont when you're not playing oh, music? sorry, I, I just, because no, I, totally, I we cut Brendan out. Totally Brendan has talked you, enough at this yeah. point. We, we know enough about it. You know? <laughs> right. Um, this is like the 15th time Brendan has done this podcast. Dude, every right? time Brendan comes to town, he just come by. It's the third time. Third We're time. not even recording <laughs> anymore. Oh, wait. Sitting in front of these mics. This is, this, this is on? We were recording? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Shit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all boring stuff. I mean, we've, we have my, I've got a house that was built in 1862. It's like, it, it requires a lot of work and I don't know anything about carpentry or taking care of like, uh, like a house like that. So it's just like a constant learning experience, you know? Oh, that's um, amazing. Like I, I was just, cause like if I moved to a house like that with my wife and she'd be like, yeah, you know. It's a leaky faucet. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. How <laughs> yeah. I guess like, we just have a leaky faucet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I guess we it's, live with it. It's just, you know what? I'm going to tape up the door so nobody goes in there anymore. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, there's a lot of moments where, like, I want to call the landlord, you know, kind of thing. Like, living right. in Chicago, that's like, all right, you know, something's busted. Let's call somebody else or whatever. But um, it's just not really an option in Vermont. I mean, there there are people available to come and, you know, there are people that work, you know, plumbers and whatnot. Handyman? But everybody there... Has this like even like you can call a plumber and be like yeah you know something's something's wrong with my sink it's leaking or whatever and they'll be like well you can't fix that like <laughs> like what's wrong with right, you? like yeah, yeah. so there's this constant like DIY uh-huh. kind of drive there where it's just like wow no you got it 
look, you can do that yourself. So, you know, I'll walk you through it or, you know. <laughs> It's, it's just the weirdest. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it, but it's been good because I like, <laughs> you know, because like I've, I've, you know, I've, I be, became very like, uh, I guess, sort of lazy in that in that aspect. You know, living in in apartments for so long, and it's like, all right, now it's maybe time to like learn learn how to do a couple things, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a pain in the ass, but it's like, you know, it gives me something to do because it's you know we're we are like in it's all farms around us. It's like a very rural area, and there's no like. You know, we're not getting food delivered. We're not going like there's there's barely a restaurant to go out to eat in. It's like everything you just kind of do it yourself. And I, th- I think that's been good for me. You know, after huh. you know so many years of just kind of maybe uh, leaning too much on on the convenience of you know being in a in a city. So. I feel like you know, New York, Jonah, is probably like the direct polar opposite of that. Oh yeah, where, My- like did, like if I had to pinpoint at a place in the country that would be like the least. Do it. You're like some. Jonah and I were just talking about because tomorrow we're expecting like a blizzard or whatever, and yeah, Jonah, we'll we don't prepare for that. Like, there's a deli right next door to my house. Like, I I don't, I yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm not also, at risk of this, like this fucking blizzard is not going to be shit. Sure. Also, I feel but, like every time they hype it up, it's yeah. like nothing. Well, they're yeah. they're like we're expecting. <laughs> five to eight inches of snow with 12 inch accumulation and people are like 12 inches of snow it's like no that's going to be in the fucking corner after they plow the yeah. streets there's going to be 12 inches of snow over there out of your way it's like dude 10 it's inches like, of salt yeah somebody with a smaller than average penis could put their penis in the snow <laughs> and touch the sidewalk and have their stomach not get fucking snow well Brendan you want to try it later <laughs> on um, um, well I would love to I would but, love but to we're just like we don't prepare at all, and I feel like I would just live in like I have my light switch is broken in my bathroom, and oftentimes it doesn't work to like light up the bathroom. So I can't tell you how many times I'm just like, Dude, it's yeah. fine. I can go in the dark. Like this yeah, is no. not. Of course, I'm, like, I, like he, listening to him talk about this, I'm like, I'm such a little Lord Fauntleroy over here. <laughs> I can't imagine like having to fix anything. Yeah. I mean, like when the other day my toilet overflowed. Uh, and it wasn't like because I was crapping at it or anything. I just like got home and I threw a Kleenex in the toilet and I flushed it and it overflowed like pretty severely and wouldn't stop running. I went to turn off the water behind the toilet tank and it was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what that is, but uh, I'm not touching that thing again. And I just took a bunch of towels and like laid them down. The toilet. Don't you feel like toilet technology should be like you open up a toilet that's still like that thing and the bulb and the chain? Yeah. It's like it should be way more high tech by now. You right. know what? I the, the toilet is like actually the only thing I know how to fix, and I think that you've pinpointed why because okay. it is so simple. It, it's like the toilet is the iPhone of things to shit into. <laughs> you know, like, uh, can fucking mark like that, that down. I That's, like that. I want that on my grave. I've also had a lot of, like, <laughs> practice, not to brag, but clogging toilets. <laughs> so, like, that's something that I've had to deal with or face the shame, yeah. uh, you know, of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, but it's like, I know how to fix, like, I know how to fix the bulb. I know how to, like, get into the back of the toilet tank. It won't stop running or any shit like that. It's actually the only thing I know how to do. I'm... <laughs> unreasonably proud of this fact so what about like german toilet like european toilets where it seems like they've they've tried to like improve on oh, the God. american model no it's like that you know like fat mike has, has said that he thinks that like the german fascination with shit, with shit. is based on the way their toilets are because i don't know if you guys have spent a lot of time in uh western europe but the uh the toilets it's like you shit onto like this plate 
and then once you're done shitting and you flush, then the toilet, then the water comes in and pushes it into like a little reservoir. Mm. But like your shit is out there, man, Above. for yeah. you for you to see and smell and like mm. revel in. Yeah, like and I, it you know the other thing is so they use totally different preservatives uh, in Europe than they do here. So when you go to Europe and after like three days, and Derek can attest to this, and I don't know if you guys can probably attest to this too. When you're shitting, it's like somebody else shitting. Yeah, it's not Which your. It's not your brand. You're sitting there, and you're like, "This is some like this is like somebody else just took a horrible dump under me, and I'm sitting on this chair right. over somebody it, else's poo. You don't yeah. even know who you, you are anymore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then you stand up, and you're like, "Oh, and there's my shit right there." And, and it's it's terrible. And Mike seems to think that's why Germans like shitting. All right, I, I can see that. I, I figured there was a connection there somewhere. I just didn't know which which came first. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a real chicken or egg scenario. Yeah. <laughs> which, not uh, coincidentally, a lot like shitting. Chickens, egg, yeah. egg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm so glad oh, we got man. into shitting. What did it take? <laughs> like nine minutes, we're, but we're, we did. Yeah, knocking it out. Some real controversial cool. stuff. <laughs> uh, Brendan, what about you? What do you do besides... Yeah, I don't fix my apartment at all. Um, you know, I got two kids. I spend a lot of time with those guys, uh, you know, playing fucking bingo and football and shit like that. That's what I do in my spare time, mostly. And then I work one day a week as a bartender. I work three days a week in an ad agency. It's like a conceptor and copywriter. And then I take on freelance projects. I'm writing a ghostwriting a book right now about uh, the generation that my kids are uh, part of, like the generation after millennials. And um, what is that? What was the name for that? Um, there's a lot of different names for it. Millennial Junior. Uh, some people say Gen Y. Mm -hmm. Some people say Centennial. Mm -hmm. Some people say uh, Gen Edge. Which nah. is a little bit... Uh, We've gone too far on our hubris. It's pretty rock and roll. And then I saw <clears> another one the other day. It was something like the the Hamilton generation or some shit like that. That I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but uh, actually, this was a very stressful morning for me because I had to finish the first chapter and like send it out to the people. And I've like signed a contract and... If I didn't finish this shit today, I, I was going to be in a lot of trouble. And the guy I sent it to, apparently, is sick with the shits mm. to bring it all full <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Life just comes right back yep. around. And so he, yep. can't, he can't read it. He's, he's, he's busy. So. <laughs> that seems like it would be a good yeah, opportunity. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, like, so I recently had the flu and it was... It was a real double fountain situation, and like I couldn't even like look at my phone to see mm. who had called me. I was, it was so dark, very very grim. This flu. Wow, tell us more about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you a, are you a are you a, a phone shitter? Will you will you guys? Well, like like I text you guys on the like, phone, like while I'm shitting, or talk. I, well, on the phone? no, I mean, do you guys or do I shit read? Phones? Like, oh, I'm going to catch up on that New Yorker article on my phone now that I'm on the toilet. I will tell you this, man. I don't know if I'm going to catch up on any New Yorker articles on the toilet, but if I end up in the bathroom taking a dump without my phone, I feel like 
fucking yeah. like Lewis and Clark or something. I'm, I'm like, holy cow, I'm just sitting here, not doing anything. Just enjoying life, man. No, it's not enjoyable at all. It's like, where's, you know, where's my pornography and my fucking vacuous text messages from Dan Ozzy? You know? Hey, come on. I'm just saying, man. Do you, try, do you guys try to like limit your phone usage? Like, do you try to like turn it off at a certain time or like? I, no, <laughs> no, I like there's, there's times like if I'm, if I'm playing bug bingo, which is a big, big game around my house, I might turn off my phone, particularly if my wife's home. So that I know she's not like stranded somewhere and I need to pick her up or something. Uh, I don't like using my phone around my kids too much, but I still do it. I mean, my kids the other day was like, I wish there were no phones. Oh. You're always on your phone. And I was like, wow, oh. it's a really profound thing. That for a- sucks. But he's always on. He's always on the iPad. So fuck him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the other day my wife caught him watching a woman with a leather substitute penis penetrating another woman. He's seven years old. He's like, I'm just watching sports, and she's like, What kind of sports? He's like, Just sports, water oh, sports. I mean, it is a sport of some I, kind. There in is his a, defense, there's, yeah. in the young lad's defense. Yeah, no, I mean, and you know. So, do you think he he like he deliberately googled that? And if so, what do you think he googled to get that? I can actually tell you, this. Dora the Explorer. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. This is too too exploring, yeah. too much exploring. Dora the Borer. Yeah, uh, no, but I mean. <laughs> He, uh, so the, um, the iPad has a Google feature where you can just like speak into it. You don't need to type. Right. And he, my wife was like, what did you say? He's like, naked girl movies. (laughs) And he, she's like, what? And he's like, hilarious naked girl (laughs) movies. (laughs) So, and I mean like, well, he's such a sweet boy and like, that's such a like natural thing. And I, fear for the day when he hears this when he's like 12 years old and is like dad what the fuck and, you know it it's totally jesus christ i mean like the things that i was into by age seven i was like looking at posters with lamborghinis on them and a chicken in a bikini and just like trying so hard to use my brain to like move the bikini aside you know just like oh it's so close to seeing naked chicks i mean if there was I remember i had one of those pens Oh yeah, 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 one of those things. I I mean, that's that's like seriously, like you know, like kids these days play Call of Duty and like tell other kids in Scotland to go fuck themselves when they kill them. And like back in our day, it was like a cup and ball. It's like the same thing. It's like we were jacking off the pens. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like this is like trite territory than something like I feel like I am always talking about. But like I just think of like I try to put my mind in the brain of a of a boy who has had internet access his whole life because for me like i remember my family got our first computer when i was like 12 or 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 but like you know like dial up and everything like we didn't have internet until i was like 17 18 or something like that but like, that's prime jerking off time, yeah man. but like before <laughs> that like it was just but it would take forever to load yeah it then, wasn't like, like a thing my oh, friend yeah. just sent off a series of tweets which i identified with so much during, like, dial-up time, he was, like, the story that he tweeted out was, like, you know, there was this kid in my school who had, like, a slightly faster modem and a printer, and he would, like, print out all of these, like, nude photos. He had, like, all the greatest hits, like Jenny McCarthy, Carmen Electra, and, like, fake 
Rachel from Friends that was like Photoshop. Right, right. And you know, he would like keep them in a binder. And he would like let you look at them for like a dollar. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, dude. Yeah, I I mean, like I remember those days as well. And that was like when, like, seriously, like, and it might be either you guys are all going to know what I'm talking about, or this conversation is going to be over real fast. But like, there was like a point where like the load bar kind of gave me a hard on. <laughs> the slow strip tease. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, it's coming. Seventy-two percent. Oh, you know. I mean, <laughs> what are you gonna do? But I often just think of like what the diff and the fundamental difference, I guess, was that then you would take what you was available to you if you happened to be in front of Cinemax and there was a racy scene. That that was what you, your yeah. options were. Oh, and you- now, like. It's so like you have like just your taste of anything you want that you can just flip between eight movies of your preference and be like, I don't like this. I don't yeah. like this. Oh, I don't no, like this. No, oh, no, no, no. This yeah, one. No, Jack, I want know. this same exact thing, but the woman to have slightly larger breasts. Like, okay, I found that <laughs> in one second. Cool. Like, you know, like, yeah, no, it, it's true. You, like, definitely would be like back in the day, you'd like flip on the TV and you'd be like, Oh, she's got her tits out. I guess I have to jack off the next 15 <laughs> yeah. seconds before, like, the scene changes. Yeah. And and it, and it was like, you were, beho- like, you know, like, how they say, like, TiVo has made it so you're not, like, TiVo. What am I, like, 90? Uh, <laughs> DVR has made it so you're, like, no longer beholden to, like, your schedule. You want to come home and watch fucking Making a Murderer. You can put that shit on at 3 in the morning or you can put it on at 6 in the afternoon or whatever. And uh, it's kind of the same thing with jacking off. It's like you used to have to, like, rush home to catch friends. Or you used to have to like jack off on the fly because you're like, oh fuck, titties! Like yeah. I, I, I need those to to jack off. And now, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, I want some like pregnant Asian midgets all <laughs> gang banging. And they'll be like, okay, here's like a whole culture devoted <laughs> yeah, just yeah. to that. But also, here's like, the message board. With, yeah, with like the way kind of virtual reality is going and stuff, people I feel like are gonna look and be like, you "I love watched- where you're taking this." By the way, <laughs> well, no, it's like that with everything tech now. They can be like, "You really like jerked off watching videos on a screen, <laughs> like you didn't actually feel anything." Like that it wasn't yeah. Back 3D. to the Future. You like, mean you have to use your hands? It's like a baby's. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's gonna nah, be. I mean, that, that is crazy. And like you know, like the the way that you know, I mean, pornography has like pushed technology mm-hmm. forward like more than almost anything right. else, right? And it's like. There's going to be a point, and it's not going to be long from now, where you will be able to, like, have, like, a totally realistic hologram that looks like there's two people just, like, fucking in your living room, and you could just stand there and, like, jack off right onto them, you know, which <laughs> would be terrible because it would just be on your floor. <laughs> but, but You play a robot you that-, that can clean it up or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. A Roomba? Yeah, Roomba. <laughs> Roomba for cum. <laughs> <laughs> I just put the room on my lap. <laughs> my cat sits on it and looks at me. It's a, it's a whole new twist on the uh, the uh, fucking a vacuum cleaner kind of <laughs> that, that old thing. <laughs> oh, that, that old bit? Yeah. You're not quite the same. I would love to just sit and ponder what the future of pornography holds for the next half an hour. It's, I mean, it's going to get fucking wild. I had a very, like, the last podcast we did, we had, like, a very intellectual talk about, like, Ray Kurzweil and singularity and technology. So this is, like, a nice, nice balance. Nice yeah. change of pace. I, yeah. You know, like, uh, did you know that there are, like, definitely, uh, like, dick sleeves and stuff like that that you can, like, 
they're pioneering now. And I was like, I have a few friends in the porn industry and I've like done a little bit of reading on this where it's like, you know, the whatever she or he is doing to this dick on the screen, you should put on this sleeve and they'll, and it will do it to you or you can like thrust into this fucking thing and it'll happen over here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it is called dildonics. Mm. That is the yeah. name of the I, science. I, I wish I had known that name because I was at work recently and somebody told me that this technology exists. And I was like, what? Like, I, and I, ha- like I stopped what I was doing and I just started searching like words <laughs> that I like w- would think it would be. And I, I would be like virtual reality sex. And it would be like, you know, like fucking like a video game looking. I'm yeah. like, no, 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 that's not what I want. <laughs> I want to see how I like fucking somebody yeah, across the internet. Like yeah. and they kept giving me things that like were kinda like virtual like, reality yeah, like, like, your suit This layer, is yeah. not what yeah. this is not what I want. Like I want <laughs> Yeah, well they- <laughs> So I'm just like at work, just like if people are walking by I'm just like searching through like VR sex, virtual reality. I've, sex. Ne- I've never seen an office with less privacy than Dan's office. <laughs> yeah, <it's terrible>. yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dildonics. But they got Dildonics. me started on it, so I feel yeah. like it's their fault. Dildonics. Totally. Dildonics. Dildonics. They had the. Um, it might have been part, like part of the origins of Dildonics was um, <laughs> something where like your your mouse. This was like maybe eight years ago or something, six years ago, uh, where your your mouse would vibrate. They had like a vibrating mouse that, like, as you ran the cursor over, like, a nude picture or a nude video, it would, like, vibrate to sort of simulate the, like, contours of the body. And it was actually... Was for, di- like, blind people? No. <laughs> no it, was, it was just a really, like, you know... What are blind but, people doing? But it turns out that that, that technology... And, and I, I, I'm fairly certain that this is true. The, uh, the, the person who designed that technology, it was then stolen by, like... Uh, PlayStation was using it like for the right. vibration in their in their controls, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think the guy successfully sued, like this had a patent suit or whatever, you know, to and 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 made a mint on the fact that all these uh, gaming com- uh, companies were using the same technology. I don't believe Xbox is using my pussy feeling <laughs> technology. <laughs> I didn't invent this to kill people yeah. and call of duty. I invented it to rub nipples. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow! So, just a little anecdote there. Yeah. Wow, That's fascinating a little, a little bit of trivia. I've learned so much about dildonics uh, <laughs> and dildonic technology. And they got the, you can charge your phone from jacking off now too. Have you seen that thing? No, yeah, really. Yeah, there's like a like a battery or something that you can get for your iPhone. We, where like, yeah, the the like you just jack off for you know. We should go I an feel. hour, <laughs> and, it, and it charges your phone. Who doesn't jack off for an hour? Yeah. There is no, take this as a compliment if you'd wish, Brendan. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that there's anybody I'd rather go to in the world, uh, like a future of porn convention because those oh. like exist than you. Yeah, like I would you like would to be. Go- it would be legitimately like that Simpson scene where Homer goes to the candy convention. <laughs> 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 the land of chocolate? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Like when they go to the convention. Like, oh, yeah. See yeah, you yeah. in Hell Candy Boy. Is that yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you would just be like a kid in a candy store. Yes, I would be. You know, um, the AVNs are going on right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I like my friends that I know in that industry are like tweeting out pictures and everything like that. And I know Fat Mike went last year, mm-hmm. said it was the most boring. Thing in the fucking history of the universe which well mike likes to also be like i'm bored with regular sex you oh, know what i yeah, mean well, like, i mean like you know the 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 
fact of the matter is, I think, like, porn is, like, dirty and, uh, I don't want to say subversive, but, you know, it's like, it's like kind of, you don't want people walking around you watching porn. You know what I mean? Mm. And, like, when you normalize it to the point where it's, like, in a convention center and it's like, oh, cool, you know, like, there's Lexi Bell. And it's like, that's awesome. She's a beautiful girl and you've, you know, maybe jacked off to her a million times. But it's kind of cooler to just, like, see somebody, like, on the street rather than, like, in a fucking, you know, convention show booth. I feel like like, it would be kind of depressing, too, like, just the people, like, schlubby dudes mm. who, like, have flown in yeah. there just to, like, it just seems... There's cool. no doubt in my mind that for the performers, it's probably got to be just, like, a fucking hell on earth. Oh, right. Imagine. Except yeah. for there's, like, all these other, like, beautiful people that you, like, want to work with. And right. Yeah. You can, like, just, like, fucking scoot upstairs and... Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the avian, I went to the avian, uh, like, maybe four or five years ago, and it was... Uh, everything about it was was very, like homogenized and very very weird but the mm. after party scene seems to be like what everybody's there for right like, where they that, like that's weed like, out the fucking where you get the private parties <laughs> right. or whatever yeah i would imagine so. it being like whenever because i'll like once in a while like go to record stores near my house and like oh this is cool i can just browse look for my records and then every time i try to go to one of those like record fairs i'm like nah who are these people like this is too crowded i don't like <laughs> this i'm just gonna go home and enjoy my records i would do the same thing yeah. I'd be like yeah. who are these like yeah, I think- other fat nerds like oh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go going- to my hotel room and- <laughs> yeah, right yeah. right i don't know i mean shit i'd, I'd still go i, I want i want to yeah. be bored i want to i want the experience of getting bored at the avians <laughs> cool <laughs> I, well the fact that like i like all, a lot of the stuff that you guys said just blew my mind because like I'm a very standard issue. I'll look at pornography on my computer. I don't need to buy any additional dildonics <laughs> or any other I, thing. I've got that a my, vibrating mouse uh, for sale. <laughs> yeah, if, right. if you want one. And I don't feel like I would. Did I tell you that? Oh, maybe this is an offline story. But I, did I tell you that like <laughs> when I was doing work for Pornhub, they sent me the thing that like the blow the. The thing where you can fuck uh, your iPad? Uh, uh, no, no, you like, <laughs> it's just like basically awesome. like a flashlight with a mouth on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like like you have. But the, none of that stuff <laughs> like you, appeals to did me. Did you use it? Yeah, because my coworkers, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to, like, it to me was just such a like, oh, who would use this? And my coworkers are like, Dan, you got to do it. You do. You got to do it. I, I agree with your coworkers. But the thing that sucked is then I couldn't, like... In my head, I couldn't stop picturing my dumb coworkers just being like, Dan, you gotta do it. You know, like, that's a very unsexy thought. It's it's fucking his mouth flashlight. It's fucking terrible. It's like, I don't understand why somebody would do that. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, like, uh, I was gonna write about it and I never did. It was just so gross. Sort of like the basic art of jacking off, I think, pretty much perfected. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, I, like, it, now, now that we now that we can watch like Asian pregnant midgets like team up on somebody like at our at our whim, that's better. Yeah. But, but like, yeah, I don't I don't know that I need all the advanced dildonics or anything right. like that. Although if I could charge my phone while jacking off, that sounds like something. Mm. Like, yeah, that's that's, like, that's just like practical, that's like saving yeah. the world. That's like you know like I got a guy I went to high school with who uh, he wanted to bring the internet Wi Fi to India. And, you know, India is a vast uh, land. And so he, he put a bunch of, like, fucking satellite transmitters on a bunch of wild donkeys and just, like, set them loose. And 
lo and behold, India's got Wi-Fi. This dude I went to high school with has got a zillion dollars. Mm. You know, that's a fucking, that's a cool advancement that I can get behind. Yeah. Uh, Tildonics, mm. eh, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty much there. I think people even stopped, correct me if you guys disagree, but I think people even stopped at porn with, like, when it went to, like, HD. I remember yeah, I people, a lot of people version. being like, that's too far. Yeah, I think the industry was like, all right, yeah. this is... This is yeah. Like, have we gotten too far? Have we, got, have we created yeah. a monster now? Yeah. Like, just because we can do it, does that mean we should do it? Yeah. Probably not. No. I don't yeah. like seeing some people in HD, like like <laughs> newscasters and stuff. Sometimes I'm like, back it up a little. Like, Wait, where did like, dehumanize d- porn? Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't like to see some people, yeah. much less pornographers. <laughs> <laughs> But I know what you mean, yeah. No, I don't like to see it. <laughs> but I know what you mean. I devalue their lives more than others do. Like, I totally get it. No, I, I mean, like, fuck. I, I don't like seeing... Well, I mean, I don't even like seeing shitty pictures of myself. I mean, much less HD versions. So, I feel you, man. How is that? How is that beer? This is, a, this is a big beer. I usually like drinking big cans of beer, but my hangover, like, really kicked in about 3 o'clock today, and I was like, oh, I need a beer so bad. I'm really enjoying this. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Much appreciated course what's the worst hangover the one that starts first thing in the morning or the one that doesn't happen until four o'clock the one that ha- doesn't happen till four o'clock i will answer yeah, this question yeah. the one first thing in the morning it's like i just need some eggs you know or whatever and you're boom you're golden the one that doesn't kick in until four o'clock you're already in tears by the time the hangover starts have you ever had a hangover where yes <laughs> <laughs> You get so used to it that like your head stops hurting and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like it becomes so normalized. I think I feel like, you know, that's like and oh God, this is a slippery slope. I feel like, uh oh. No, it's okay, it's just screensaver. Okay. Um the uh real hangovers, Jonah, don't involve headaches at all. They're like deep soul massacres that you're just doing to yourself. And, and like, it has nothing to do with, like, oh, my head hurts. It's, like, you might barf in the morning, but that's just, like, purely, like, ritual, routine. It's, like, the real hangover doesn't kick in until you're, like, at your desk in tears when your coworker's, like, why are you shaking so badly? And you're, like, because I want to kill myself. That's, like, a headache. When people tell me that they're so hungover, they need some food, I'm, like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Like the real, the real thing is. When's the last time you had a real hangover? Oh, uh, four o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Derek was nice. Enough uh, to pretend I wasn't shaking. Uh, you look pretty. No, nope, I'm still shaking. I had probably forty ounces of beer. Cool, but I've been shaking since I was a little kid. I'm like a chihuahua in that way. Also, Just nobody. Fat. Also, my dick size. Right, right, right. <laughs> how do you not have a podcast? <laughs> like, how have you not? Go- I feel like you probably walk around your house like <laughs> podcasting in your brain to yourself. <laughs> you know, I don't, man. Like, I wanted to start doing. Uh, Toby and I were going to start doing a podcast for a long time, mm-hmm. but I'd listen to that. I just don't have like the technological interest. It's uh, to go back to me not wanting to fix the toilet, but you know, I just like I don't. Improv is, you know, more fun than, like, figuring out how to do something and learning how to do it and putting in the time. I'd rather just, like, 
show up at your podcast and have you have the computer and the <laughs> microphone. Yeah, but I don't do shit. any of this. Brad does. You just need to find someone who can do that stuff for you. I know. But, you know, I listen, man, you live in the big city. I just live in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, there's no buildings. You know there. how far you know how they far don't that have is recording from, equipment there. You know how far that is from Manhattan, dude. It's far. It is far. That's that's what I always say when people talk about how cheap their like their house is. I'm like, yeah, but it's like a fucking 19 hour commute into Manhattan from there. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So there you go. That's my New York humor for you guys. Thank you so much for that. Roasted. I feel. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> roasted. <laughs> Burned. <laughs> Well, I feel like you burned the New York crowd last time, didn't you? I feel like you kind of went off on a New York. You gave me a birthday shout out. I remember that. No, I I said this actually to Derek because I was like, and I apologize, New York. I was like, you motherfuckers are just standing there like you're not all from Kansas and Nebraska anyway. You're not fucking cool just because you moved here a when, year ago. Let's have some fucking fun. When when <laughs> Dillinger Four came here for two nights, that was like the crux of their like stage banter. Like the entire time was just they would call it like New York Little Arkansas, <laughs> and they would just there was that bit that Patty did where he was like he was like, oh, I'm I'm just a man from Minnesota, and you know, there's only you can only make money if you can rap or Americana and. <laughs> So I tell you, I was writing a song in my dungarees, and, my, <laughs> and he was just like, just making. Oh, in Brooklyn too, like they were both in Brooklyn, so he just like got a kick out of that. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, like, New York is so awesome. That's why so many people come here. But it also makes it so. Uh, it's it's a big target, you know what I mean? And not just for airplanes and things of that <laughs> nature. <laughs> Jesus, too, too, too soon. <laughs> but I. There you go. There's there's some New York humor for you. <laughs> yeah, really got us on that one. Ah, Two thousand people died. Burned. I think it was three thousand people. Oh, I'm sorry. Fucking cool. Well, let's oh. end it on this super dark <laughs> yeah. note. Oh, okay. Well, that was a pretty good joke. I mean, for the record. <laughs> anyway, I, I I love New York, and I love all of your um the, your your few natives and your many transplants. Uh, yeah. Nice. Good. Wow. <laughs> Glad we let's, could let's end it make on unbroken eye contact. <laughs> <and then laughs> <end it. laughs> That's awesome. All right. All right. That was a good one. That was John. Brendan thanks and Derek. Thanks for doing that. Yes. Thanks for coming by, guys. Check out um, Lawrence Arms. Check out Alkaline Trio. I don't know, these guys don't really need me to tell you about their bands, but check out the new Falcon record. Gather up the chaps and check out because uh, it's De- awesome. Derek according Solo to Jonah, stuff. it's it's so good. It's actually. Let's just point out that Jonah's a music critic, so if he says it's awesome, you know. That I it's probably awesome. listened to something like thirty times. Wow. Like I've listened to it a lot. Let me ask you this. Sure. Do you listen, have you ever like played it and then played it again? Yes. All right. You know the other thing though, I will say is like I only have like five records on my phone <laughs> for some reason. So it's like, it literally is like, oh, I don't know why I have like the most storage on this phone, but for some reason I'm just so lazy that I just listen to like, it's like I have like a five disc changer when I have access to everything That's in the cool. universe. That's cool, you're old school. Yeah. I actually miss it a little bit being old school. Like I feel like I used to, when I had like a disc man and I had to go to like, on, you know, commuting or whatever, I would, 
I would just commit to an album. Yeah. And then I would just like, that's the album I'm listening yeah, to. It's true. And you were forced. That's it. Unless you didn't want to like change it and take it out or whatever. So I was just like, you know, now it's just with the Spotify and all that shit. I'm like, I'm just all over the map. That's how it was when I stopped being vegetarian. Cause I was used to like getting a menu and just picking from like two things. Right. And it was so easy. And then it's like, what? Every, I can eat everything in this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> too when did much. you stop? When, when did you stop? Probably about like five years ago, something like five or six years yeah. ago. I was I was living with my girlfriend and she would just like make turkey sandwiches. And I, she would be like, I guess you don't want to eat this turkey sandwich. I was like, I'll eat anything. I'll oh, just do it now. Yeah, yeah I don't like, care about anything anymore. <laughs> uh, Blame the girlfriend. Yep. Yeah, it's totally her fault. Yeah. And then those delicious turkey sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a fun podcast. If you want to. Donate, you can go to goingofftrack.com. Thank you for donating. Um, you can just leave us a nice review on iTunes. You can follow us. We just surpassed 1,000 followers on Twitter. Wow. We're only following like 50 people. Nice. So it's pretty good. Quality. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, so thanks to everyone who followed us on Twitter. All I really do is repost stuff from <laughs> us or weird links. Um, so, yeah. Thanks to that. Thanks to Tony for coming by. Tony. Uh, yes. Um, Recording you, assistant. Converse rubber tracks. Yeah. Tony. If you record here, you would be lucky to get Tony to work on your songs. <laughs> Tony has actually worked on a couple of my songs. I have. And he's done a fantastic job. And you got to put out that one song we did. Yes. Oh, yeah. And we just released. Yeah. So we did a song for one of my bands a long time ago we had to put out. But we, I just did a song for the Flint Water Crisis with Jamie Kilstein. That was awesome. Yeah. Way. I love that. That Thanks. was great. Did you like the bass? Well, on you that? Played, I know you do. You were bass on there. Who played yeah. drums? This on guy, this? Mike Fadden, he was a friend of Kevin Devine's. It's a great fucking track. Yeah. He, and he like nailed it. He that came guitar in. guitar like, was awesome we, too, man. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. So if you go to notsafetodrink.com, you can donate by this comp for like five bucks. There's like 80 songs on there or something. Yeah. He's great, Jamie, on there. He's yeah. great too. Yeah, he's a... Uh, you are Jeremy Piven. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <dude. It's> amazing. <laughs> that's what I wanted to call it, because yeah. that was my favorite line. That, oh, so that's good. a good title. I know. Oh, you oh, are fuck. Jeremy Piven. Yeah. So good. I wonder if that would be a problem. I don't think so. Yeah, because it's... You can do that, right? I think you can do that. You can totally do that. Yeah. I think you can. So, I don't know. That petition, was awesome. Petition that Jamie out, yeah. to change the name of that song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Or there's probably more constructive things you could do with your time. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. 